Welcome to the Great Detectors of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectors.net. Give us a call, 208-991-4783, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Well, today's episode is brought to you by the support of our listeners. Thank you so much for all of your support. And uh, now it's time for today's episode of Sherlock Holmes. This one is called The Black Guardsman of Braddock Castle. So enjoy. From New York City, the makers of Clipper Craft Clothes for Men and more than 1,200 leading retail stores from coast to coast present that immortal character created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes, starring John Stanley. <laughs> this week's story, The Black Guardsman of Braddock Castle. Holmes, it's back at Fitch down here. You say we're in the lower dungeon of the castle? Quite, and below sea level, too. Note how cold and clammy these stone walls are, Watson. Yes, well, they're no colder and clammier than my flesh. I don't like it, Holmes. I don't like it at all. Prowling through a deserted castle, stalking a medieval apparition, a legendary ghost. It happens to be the other way around, Watson. Huh? What do you mean? The ghost is stalking us. Listen. So once again we raise the familiar brass door knocker of Dr. John Watson. Well, 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 Mr. Harris, come in, uh, sir. Come in and warm yourself uh, by the fire. Thank you. I see you're deep in your memoirs, as usual. Dr. Yes, Watson. yes. In in fact, I've just completed a strange and terrifying case in which Holmes and I were involved in the West Country. Hmm? Cornwall, to be exact. Yes. What's it called, Dr. Watson? The Black Guardsman of Braddock Castle. And I must say, Mr. Harris, that to this day, the very recollection of it is enough to disturb the uneasy realm of my sleep. Perhaps you'd like to hear it. Why, we most certainly would, Doctor. Well, to begin with, Braddock Castle had been empty and deserted for 50 years. It stood on an island off the rugged Cornish coast just north of St. Michael's Mount, and a devilish, gloomy, and forbidding place it was. The natives of the region gave this architectural monstrosity of grey parapets and towering battlements a wide berth for reasons which I shall relate later. But one sunset, two fishermen were rowing their boat just off the island, heading for the mainland. What is it, John? Hold up with the oars. Why, what's up? Hold up with the oars, I say. There's something floating on the water here. Great, Peter. It's... it's... Uh, my. What's 
Jesus' body. The human body. And fair waterlogged too. With no but the legs showing above and the rest underwater. Oh, great Peter. Here, it. Give me a hand now. We'll pull him into the boat. Oi. Easy now. He's steady, does it? Hold his legs down. Drag him over. Did you see who this poor beggar might be, Herbert? John! Oh, John, look. Why, there's no head on him. The beggar hasn't got a head. Oh, it's cut clean off. Lord bless us, it's... Herbert, Herbert, look. Where? On the North Tower. Yonder on Brother Castle. John, it's him. It's him. Why, curse him. Standing there, black against the red sun, with his axe on his shoulder, looking down at us, laughing at his work. He's done it again. The black guardsman of Braddock Castle. He's swung his axe again. Watson, in a very few minutes we shall be in Whitecliff on the mainland directly across from Braddock Castle. And after that, Holmes? After that, we shall repair to the Green Lion Inn and ascertain from Lady Eleanor Wincroft the strange contents of her long telegram. Why, well, I, I thought it was quite clear. Rubbish, Holmes. Watson. It was written with a fine feminine disdain for logic. All we can gather is that her brother, Sir Alistair Wincroft, last lineal male descendant of the Earl of Braddock, was found floating on the water of his ancestral castle with his head severed from his torso. Sounds like an intriguing and rather sinister business, Holmes. Quite. But of itself, not enough to force me to leave my comfortable quarters at Baker Street and endure this tedious trip to Cornwall. Then in heaven's name, what possessed you to leave in such great haste? Why are we aboard the Southern Railway now? Because of the legend of Braddock Castle. You're aware of it, Watson? Vaguely, something about a ghost, wasn't it? Almost every English castle has a favorite apparition, Watson. But this one is particularly bizarre. It seems that the castle originally belonged to a family named Wexley, who, like most good Cornishmen, supported the Lancastrians during the Wars of the Roses. Eventually, it was attacked by John Wincroft, Earl of Braddock, in 1497, and every defender wiped out. Every defender, mind you, but one. All but one, eh? This last defender was a guardsman dressed in black mail and carrying a huge battle axe. From the topmost tower, he swore that his ghost would walk the castle and bring violent death to every Wincroft who dared to inhabit it. After that, he flung his great battle axe down among his tormentors and leaped to his doom. Good Lord, Holmes. You're not inferring that this ghostly axeman chopped Sir Alistair's head from his body. I'm inferring nothing until I see Lady Wincroft, Watson. Mr. Holmes, I'm very grateful to you and Dr. Watson for journeying all the way down from London. Uh, it's no trouble at all, Lady Wincroft. No trouble at all. On the contrary, Watson, I find it a most unpleasant journey. However, Lady Wincroft, perhaps the challenge of this rather bizarre situation may provide us with all the compensation we need. Now then, a few questions. No, of course, Mr. Holmes. I do not wish to appear rude. However, I must ask that you make your answers brief, precise, and above all, accurate. We shall get to the heart of the matter so much the sooner. You will bear with me in this, Lady Wincroft? I shall do my best, Mr. Holmes. Good. Now, to begin with, have the official police been notified? Oh, yes. The local authorities have already telegraphed Scotland Yard. Well, in that case, Holmes, I suppose Inspector Lestrade will appear in due course. Quite. Now then, Lady Wincroft. Two weeks ago, your brother Alistair crossed the bay to the castle. He took no companion but went alone. In the interval, nothing was heard from him until last night when he was taken from the water. Is that correct? Yes, Mr. Holmes. Why did he undertake this special journey? Frankly, Mr. Holmes, our family has suffered, well, severe financial reverses. 
It became to our interest to sell the castle, but under the circumstances. I see. Under the circumstances, no purchaser would be interested as long as the legend persisted. Rather an expensive nuisance, this medieval garden, eh, Lady Winkoff? Yes. It was Alistair's idea to prove this legend nonsense, to rout the ghost, so to speak. Hmm. Unfortunately, this apparition has heightened its own prestige in cruel and telling fashion. Now, Lady Wincroft, you'll forgive me if I ask you a personal and perhaps a rather painful question. Yes, Mr. Holmes? I don't mean to pry, but I have a curious mind. It seems odd to me that you show no grief over your brother's death. May I ask why? Well, Holmes, I don't think... Please you should... do not interrupt, Watson. Well, Lady Wincroft? I... Well, I had not seen Alistair since he was a boy. He dissipated what was left of our fortune at the gaming tables. Perhaps I sound callous, but it was he who was responsible for our present difficulties. And where has Sir Alistair been all these years? Oh, in Africa for the most part, somewhere on the Gold Coast. It was only very recently that he appeared here in Whitecliffe for the idea of selling Brother Castle. I see. Come, Watson, let's be off. Well, where are we going, Holmes? To the mortuary, of course, to examine the torso of this little lamented Sir Alistair. <laughs> Remarkable, Holmes, remarkable. A clean and terrible amputation worthy of a surgeon's skill. You know, I don't... Holmes. I say, Holmes. Yes, Watson. You're not even looking at the place where the head... I'm is... not interested in the head, Watson. It's the man's hands that tell the story. His head? Yes. Observe, Watson. Here is the signet ring of his family. But note the fingernails, and particularly the black substance beneath them. Ordinary dirt, it appears to me. Rubbish, Watson. If it were dirt, the action of the water would have cleansed it from the nails days ago. No, that black substance is tar. Tar? But what the deuce does that have to do? Come, Watson, you and I got across the bay to Braddock Castle and try to flush our ghostly quarry. Well, you, you mean tomorrow, of course? On the contrary, Watson. I mean tonight. I don't like it, Holmes. I don't like it at all. Growing dead ahead into this beastly fog, we, we, we should have sighted Braddock Castle by now. Patience, Watson, patience. Of course, this whole guardsman legend is sheer poppycock. The castle's been deserted and empty for 50 years. I wonder. Holmes, you don't mean to say you believe a ghost... No, Watson, I'm interested in seeing whether the castle has a bona fide tenant of more recent vintage and... Hello, what's this in the water? I don't see anything. But closer, Watson. It's oil slick. What of it? Interesting. This happens to be a region where motor-powered craft never oh, come. There it is. Dead ahead. Braddock Castle. You see it? Through that rift in the fog? Yes. Unpleasant-looking place, isn't it? Ooh. As bleak and forbidding of forces as I've ever seen. Uh, observe, Watson. The mist seems to be swirling away from the parapet now. Very soon we'll... Watson, look. Where? On the topmost tower. Great heavens, it's him. The black guardsman of Braddock. It is indeed. Look at him, Holmes. Look at him. Standing there with his great axe over his shoulder. Watching. As though waiting to welcome us. Hey, Watson? Well, Watson, there's Braddock Castle just across the moat. You've secured the boat firmly? Oh, yes, Holmes, I have. Note that our good friend the guardsman has left the drawbridge down, an open invitation for us to cross. Very considerate of him, don't you think? Uh, too considerate. 
And there seems to be a small door at the other end of the drawbridge. The moon's coming out now, and I can see it plainly. Come, Watson, we'll cross over and investigate it. Well, he seems to have disappeared from his watchtower above. Probably watching us from somewhere inside the castle, though. I only wish I'd brought my service revolver from London. It's late for that now. Hello, here's the door. Probably locked. On the contrary, Watson, it's open. Holmes, I don't like it. This mysterious medieval apparition doesn't make sense. I beg to differ, Watson. We're dealing with a rare intellect playing a sinister game to the finish. Yes, but the drawbridge down, this open door, he seems to be inviting us in. Precisely, into what he hopes is a trap. And... Good heavens, Holmes! The drawbridge is going up behind us. Quite. That means he's cut off our line of retreat. Yes, and in that case, Watson, we'll just have to accept the guardsman's invitation. Come, let's see what lies beyond this door. And now to return to our story, Dr. Watson. Well, as I told you, Mr. Harris, Holmes and I opened that small door at the end of the drawbridge leading into the lower depths of Braddock Castle. The very air was foul with the musty smell of centuries, and it was dark as the black hole of Golcutta. I could feel the hackles rise on the back of my neck, standing there in that eerie place. But Holmes was his usual self, as cold as ice. I say, Holmes. Watson, listen. Hear anything? No. Then let us proceed. This seems to be a narrow passageway of some kind. Stay close to me, Watson. My dear fellow, I'm so close now, I'm breathing down your neck. Holmes, can't we light a match? Out of the question. But it's pitch dark. Quite. And there may be a pit or some floor trap ahead. The chance we'll have to take. But Holmes... I repeat, I... Watson, it's out of the question. We can't afford to reveal our whereabouts to our phantom friend. Uh, you ask me, the blighter already knows. What's the matter, Watson? The place is filled with spider webs, thousands of them. Yes. Proves no one's passed through here lately. Note, Watson, how this passageway slopes downward. Oh, I'd give a hundred pounds to know where it leads to right now. What is it, Watson? Oh, oh, oh Speak up, I, man. I, I just ran into a spiderweb head-on. Calm yourself, Watson. Spiderwebs won't hurt you. Perhaps not, but dash it all, there was a big spider in the middle of this one. Holmes, let's get out of here. In a moment, Watson, in a moment. There's a means of egress here. Those stone steps at the other end of the room. Apparently, we're below sea level. Observe how cold and clammy these stone walls are. Yes, well, no colder or clammier than my flesh. I don't like this at all, Holmes. I don't like it at all. Prowling through a deserted castle, pursuing some medieval apparition. It happens to be the other way around, Watson. Oh, what do you mean? Listen. Holmes, the Black Guardsman. Undoubtedly. He seems to be waiting. <coughs> Good heaven, someone screaming. <coughs> Holmes, what the devil? No time to talk now. Quick, Watson, up those stone steps. Hurry, Watson. That scream came from somewhere in this corridor. Well, I, I'm not as young as I used to be, Holmes. I do. Hold on. What is it, man? I, oh, dear. I, I believe I just stumbled over a body. If you did, it's undoubtedly Sir Alistair Wincroft. Sir Alistair, but he was found dead in the bay. Rubbish, Watson. I'll venture to say this is Sir Alistair. Here. Let's have a light, you shall see. Oh, oh, yes. Yes, here we are. Good Lord. What a ghastly sight. 
Yes. The black guardsman of Braddock Castle has bloodied his axe again. But how do you know... Sir Alistair, a quick search should prove it. Ah, yes. With the man's wallet. Identification papers. Look for yourself, my dear Watson. Let me see. By Jove, it is Lady Eleanor's brother. Quite. But, but who was the man they fished up out of the bay? Anonymous, Watson, but a sailor, certainly. The man's hands were rough and there were tar under the fingernails, a sure sign of the nautical trade. It was obvious that the hands of the headless corpse were not those of a gentleman. Yes, but this think, sailor... Watson, think an elementary connection stares you in the face. You recall the oil slick in the bay? From this point, we may deduce that... Holmes, there he goes again. Elusive hmm. beggar, isn't he, Watson? But with a pronounced tread, far removed from the ethereal. Follow me. Oh, where are we going? Up these stairs. Unless I miss my guess, they lead to the main hall and perhaps to the Black Guardsman. <laughs> Well, Holmes, you were quite right. This is the main hall of the castle. You can see by the moonlight filtering in through the windows. Quite. And, Holmes, what the devil are you peering at the floor for? Dust. Its telltale granules have marked the path of many a criminal to the gallows. Aha! Capital. Capital. What is it? Observe, Watson. Footprints. The floor's covered with them in the thick dust. And very peculiar they are, too. Peculiar? In what way? Use your eyes, man. Use your eyes. It's obvious. These footprints were made by bare feet. Bare feet? Holmes, that doesn't make sense. On the contrary, Watson, it does. It makes very good sense indeed. Fascinating, fascinating, these impressions in the dust. Note, Watson, coming in from the direction of the main hall door, they're vague, shuffling, not clear at all. Note, too, they weave from side to side as though their barefooted owners were somewhat intoxicated. Well, what does that signify, Holmes? It's very clear. It shows that each of these barefooted men was carrying a heavy burden which caused them to stagger and shuffle erratically. On the return journey, the prints are quite clear. You mean somewhere up those stairs, these barefooted men disposed of their burden? Precisely. And if we follow them, Watson, I think we shall find some sort of large room and perhaps some immensely valuable loot peculiar to the continent of Africa. Africa? Holmes, what the deuce? Follow me, Watson. In a very short time, I hope to gratify your curiosity and dissipate your bewilderment. We are, Watson, just as I told you. Yes, you're quite right. Those dustbins lead directly into this large room. Yes, and observe, Watson, what are standing in rows against the far wall. Good Lord, Holmes. It's ivory, tusks of ivory, hundreds of them. Precisely. Brought in on ocean-going boats in the dead of night by native crews, as the bare footprints here indicate. A fortune in tusks brought across Africa by slave caravans. Loaded on the beaches of the Gold Coast and then transported here. By Jove, then Braddock Castle is being used as a staging point for, for smuggling ivory into England. Exactly. Naturally, it was to the interest of the devilishly clever intellect who concocted this scheme to heighten the illusion of the Black Guardsman of Braddock Castle. Above all, what was needed was privacy. Hence the headless bodies, the appearance of the apparition upon the battlements in full regalia. But uh, Sir Adister, what of him? Ah, yes. At first, Watson, knowing his African and Gold Coast background, I'd rather suspected that he was the master of this ring. Now, however, I know that there's someone else. Yes, but who? Who is responsible for all this? Only a master criminal of supreme shrewdness could operate this kind of smuggling game on such a grand scope, Watson. A man worthy of my own metal. A protagonist of almost superhuman cunning. 
Holmes! It's the guardsman again. Yes, he's running up those stairs leading to the tower. Here, Watson. Seize a weapon and give me one. Right, you up. Thank you. These swords will do, and let's set out after him. By Jove, Holmes, it looks as though this time we may meet him face to face. If our friend the guardsman is who I think he is, that'll be useless. He happens to be a man of a thousand faces. Come, Watson, to the chase. Uh, he seems to have eluded us, Holmes. We've come all the way up the tower stairs to the outside battlement here. They're probably hidden in one of those side rooms we observed on the way up, Watson. Look, Holmes. Now the drawbridge is down. Yes. The guardsman has already arranged for his own retreat, it seems. Well, Holmes, perhaps we'd better leave the castle by any means we can and summon the official police. No, my dear fellow. We have our man close by somewhere, and I hope to meet him. But he's armed with a great axe, Holmes. These swords would be of little use against a Come, weapon. Come, Watson. Let's go downstairs and examine the side rooms along the tower stairs, one by one. Perhaps we may soon flush our quarry. Really, Holmes, sometimes you can be deuced stubborn. The odds are against us. Not that I've quailed from odds. At the fatal battle of my wand against the Josiah Devils, I... Holmes! Yes, it's our old friend again, Watson. This time we come to the end of our chase. But, but, but he's below us now, on the, on the tower stairs. Right. Then we're trapped, trapped up here on the tower battlement. Quiet, Watson, listen. Holmes, he's coming up the tower steps, directly toward us. Obviously. But what can we do? Wait. Wait indeed. Wait for the great axe of the executioner, right? Holmes, look, there he is, coming out of the shadow, up the stairs. <laughs> Good evening, Holmes. Dr. Watson. We meet again. Eh, Professor Moriarty? Moriarty. Come, Moriarty, we're old antagonists and we may speak freely. I rather suspected that a swindle of this magnitude was worthy only of a man of your talents. Uh, very observant, my dear Holmes. Thank you, Professor. It was also an infernal nuisance. It caused me no end of trouble, you and the good doctor, in this my latest enterprise. I presume you know all about it. I do. In that case... I must remove you both from this mortal coil. The black guardsman of Braddock must keep the castle inviolate, eh? <laughs> Two strokes of this axe, one for each of you, and the score is settled. As you settled it with that sailor and with Sir Alistair, eh, hey, Moriarty? I needed my first mate to, uh, <laughs> to tell a ghost story, Holmes. As for Alistair, he was a fool. I found that our mutual enterprise suffered from his stupidity, therefore I removed him, as I must remove you. Holmes, he's raising the axe. Don't be a fool, Moriarty. You throw that axe, you may decapitate one of us, but in that case you'll have to close with the other, and we're each armed with a sword. A simple example in mathematics, eh, Holmes? Quite. Your theorem does not frighten me, Holmes. And for you, I reserve the first blow. Mr. Holmes! Mr. Holmes! Watson, it's Inspector Lestrade. What the devil? Look out, Holmes! He's throwing the axe! Missed me by a hair, Moriarty. Mr. Holmes, Dr. Watson, where are you? Up here in the tower, Inspector! Watson, stop him! Stop Moriarty! Good Lord, Holmes! He plunged over the battlement into the sea. 
From here in, Mr. Holmes, you may safely leave the proceedings in my hands. Indeed, Inspector Lestrade. And what further proceedings are there? Oh, a number of things. Details that engage our attention before we can report this case closed. Ah, I see. We. First of all, we shall recover the body shortly, and then I shall take steps. Rubbish, Inspector. Huh? You won't recover the body of this particular criminal. <laughs> Come now, Mr. Holmes. I give you credit for a fertile imagination and, indeed, a certain analytical talent, but we are dealing in the realm of fact. Pray proceed with your dissertation, my dear Inspector. The man plunged from a high battlement to the sea below. He may have struck directly on these rocks or avoided them. It doesn't matter. He's most certainly dead, Mr. Rose. Is he, my dear Lestrade? Listen. This is the one. I hear nothing. Don't you, Inspector? Like, Joe Wars. Someone's rowing away from the island. Quite. It's impossible. It can't be. Ah, yes, Inspector, but it is. That was Professor Moriarty. A man of many parts with a special genius for staying alive. Yes, Lestrade, he's done it once more. He's escaped me. But somewhere, someday, we shall meet again. That was a thrilling case, Dr. Watson. And did Holmes and Moriarty meet again? Indeed they did, Mr. Harris. Indeed they did. Holmes often called Moriarty the Napoleon of crime. Ah, yes, I'm afraid the professor was the only man that Sherlock Holmes really respected. Well, I hope we meet the professor again, too, Dr. Watson. But now, how about a small hint on next week's story? Next week, Mr. Harris, I think I shall relate to you... The Adventure of the Bruce Partington Plan. That sounds very interesting, Dr. Watson. I can assure you it is, Mr. Harris. It's a story of spies, international intrigue, and the stolen plans to a certain nautical machine on which hinged the fate of the British Empire. <laughs> the makers of Clippercraft clothes and more than 1,200 leading stores from coast to coast have brought you another in the new series of broadcasts featuring the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes. Our stories are based upon the character Sherlock Holmes, created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and the program is produced and directed by Basil Lockridge. Sherlock Holmes is played by John Stanley, Dr. Watson by Ian Martin, this week's story was written by Max Ehrlich. Special music by Albert Berman. If you don't know your Clippercraft dealer, write Clippercraft, 200 Fifth Avenue, New York City. Be sure to listen next week to Sherlock Holmes in The Adventure of the Bruce Partington Plan. Speaking for Clippercraft Clothes, this is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Welcome back. Longtime fans of Sherlock Holmes, not at all surprised by the appearance of Professor Moriarty. Particularly in the radio version, if something is hard or difficult, um, there's a very strong chance that uh, you're going to have Professor Moriarty show up. Uh, so no big surprise there. 
a lot of uh, excitement, and uh, this one a little more chilling than some of the other uh, episodes uh, so far, so kind of defining the mood for the rest of the series. Well, we do turn now to listener comments and feedbacks. Uh, this one comes from uh, iTunes. Uh, I've, been, I've been listening for a while. It's simply great. Thanks. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate your comments and your support. Uh, I do encourage you to check out my other podcast, the Old Time Dragnet Podcast, and uh, the Old Time Radio Superman Show. In the meantime, uh, you can send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And give us a call, 208-991-4783. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.